Thanks for tuning in on this beautiful, happy Saturday that it's sprinkling out there. So I am Darren Ahern, Remax Results. We already said, Terry, do it again. Do it real quick. Terry Kernan. There we go. There it is. So um, he's got his Irish on. I love it. He's got his Curtis Irish. I don't have my Irish on today. I am still Irish. I always will be. So, all right, we're going to get right into it. Guys, we have a lot of stuff to cover. Phone lines are open, 301-694-9363. You are welcome to call in with anything that you want to share about real estate. What are you seeing out there? What are you dealing with? Because we got a lot of stuff, um, and it's been pretty wild. So, Terry, let's go right on into the numbers here real quick. Active homes, 270. Still can't break that 300. Come on now. Uh, this is the height of the market, too. Resales, 157. So, within, so that number's up. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, that, we're up. We like it. That's Yeah, that's up a I mean, good chunk. It's up from the 120 we've been living in, mm-hmm. it felt like. So we made a net gain of 30 to 40 homes. But what people don't understand is that 157 after this weekend is probably going to come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, because there's going to be a lot of contracts this weekend, I'm sure. And so that could possibly go to 130 or 140 or less in the next day or two. But who knows? 45 days on the market, that has come down. We were at 51. The reason why that's come down is because it's uh, more buyer demand and things are definitely selling a lot faster. And I'm going to talk about one of my listings we had a lot of fun with this last week. They love it. New construction, 113. Coming soon, 40. Up. We were back at 60. We actually, we got to like 75. I started feeling really good because if we broke 100, man, it'd feel like NASCAR. But we're back down to 40, which means we just don't have enough you know, stuff coming in the Amazon and Walmart truck called Homes for Sale. Pending under contracts, Terry, brand new builds. We got 305 total resales, 194 new. And last 30 days, we've had 313 solds. Wow, I remember the days we were having like eight, nine hundred, eight hundred. I know. Oh, that was so much fun two years ago. So yeah, the average though we would normally be at would be about five hundred fifty to six hundred homes would be a nice average. So we basically are not quite half, but we're down forty percent, fifty, forty-five percent in volume, maybe. Average time of those was twenty-one days on the market. The average single-family home is back up a little bit. Um, some of this is new construction, and everything, because this is everything that's sold in the last thirty days. And by the way, I do have people buying brand new homes and they're complaining that the base home prices of new home construction is continuing to go up because there's nothing out there. And that number for single family homes was 509831. And my favorite numbers, you know, the list to sold price ratio is at 104, 100.4%, which is astounding because we were getting back down to like 97, 973 you know, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, if we start getting under 95, that means we're starting to turn to a buyer's market or it's just, and no, uh, we're, we're back to where we have bidding wars like crazy. So I'm going to talk about that. Wow. Yeah. So here's the fun thing too, Terry, in inventory, there's only one house in Frederick County for under a hundred thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. It's a playhouse. It's 12 say, by 24. Um, there are two, they're, they're 12 and 13 year old kids called me. And we put it at $50,000, and we already got offers coming in. So it's oh, a beautiful playhouse. So good. really nice. Um, yeah, it sits in the woods. It's amazing. It's got a great view. It's good. So four <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> this is bad, but it's true. Four homes um, under $200,000. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's more than amazing. This is actually worse than the inventory numbers that we had in 08, 9, 10, or actually in 05 and 06 and 07. So, 17, so we see where these numbers are going. So you said 157 resales are on the market. Yep. Four of them are under 200,000. 
Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So that's we know true. where this, these numbers are going. Yeah, and then seventeen homes under three hundred thousand dollars. So here's the thing: if you qualify as a buyer for anything under three hundred thousand dollars, and you live want to live in Frederick County, I have seventeen homes for sale or coming soon right now for you to engage into. And out of the seventeen, Terry, how many of those do you think are called fixer uppers, which investors love? Um, you know, you're not seeing a whole lot of them, but let's say out of 17, let's say four. Yeah. Yeah. You got about four. That's probably a good number. That's a quarter. Yeah. So the other fun number, and I'm going to let you go, is two homes in last month. We had two houses in Frederick County that sold over a million dollars. Now, somebody might say, well, that's not a big deal. Here's what's really cool about it. Both of them sold in under 11 days. That's a million dollars. Because normally, a million-dollar home or higher in Frederick County, the average time of that is 102 days on the market. Two of them just sold, the last two of them, in 30 days now, 11 days or less. You can't make this up. Well, uh, I was working working with clients that are in that price range of uh, 750 to 850 range and there was a beautiful house that came on it was a resale and as we've talked numerous times on the show if you get above 600 your competition is new construction so the house better be really sharp and really clean and very you know almost perfect because your competition's a new build and this was this was one of those houses and it um came in at 775 on the list price and it got bid up by several people uh, to well over eight hundred thousand, mm-hmm. it was around eight hundred and forty, I think, or fifty. It was somewhere way up that that eventually won it. So it all depends on the house. It depends on the neighborhood, the house. But but if you're going to be above six hundred, it's either going to be a really bad fixer upper, or it's going to be a really really good beautiful house. Yeah. So the last thing I'll share is, Terry, we put a house on the market in Frederick near downtown, beautiful little rancher, $275,000. I got to put one on that was under three hundred that I knew was going to get a lot of activity. And guess what happened, Terry? We had 55 showings and 15 fights in the front yard. Those are 15 offers and only one gets to win. And that price went way sky high with no inspections, no this, no that. Would you like us to walk your dog for a year and give you free pizza and everything else? Plus, we'll pay for your moving truck to your new house and anything else that you'd like, Your Honor. So my sellers had a lot of fun for four days. They literally, literally felt bad for three days. It was during Easter. They were there Easter Sunday, but the Saturday and Monday after and Friday, oh, my goodness gracious. They, um, yeah, so I kind of... It was one of the first times I almost had to apologize to a seller. I'm sorry I got you so many showings. I'm so yeah. sorry about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. My goodness gracious. Sorry for the inconvenience. Yes, the 55 showings and 15 offers. Sorry for the inconvenience. Man, we were hoping back in 2010 and 11 we could get two showings and one offer, right? So, all right, what's going on in the financial mortgage world? Great news. Good yeah. news. Good, good, good news. Um, so, Everybody that listens, you know that I talk a lot about the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. I also talk a lot about the PPI, the Producer Price Index. Just as a quick review, the cost that people buy things, the cost that the consumer pays, that's the CPI, okay? 
That was projected to be at 0.2%, which is a very low number. It actually came in at a 0.1% increase. It's the ninth month that that has decreased, okay? That is one of the top inflation numbers. So that is tremendous news. So if you saw your stocks kind of get a rebound, a little bit of a bump, and then... You know, we, we, we lost that gain, but the mortgage market got a little better, okay? Next day, on Thursday, the PPI comes out. Now, this is the producer price index, just as a little bit of a review, is that is what the producers have to pay to produce something, right? That number dropped a whole half a percent. It didn't go up. It dropped a half a percent. Now... The volatility is when you, you know, they say when you strip out and get the core rate. Well, what are you stripping out? The number one thing that you're stripping out is the cost of energy, right? Mm-hmm. So just as a review, we've talked a lot about getting this inflation under control. And the key factor to the numbers that we're seeing is exactly what I've been talking about over the last six weeks is until you get the cost of fuel down. Yep. It's going to be high. You're going to have issues with inflation. So the biggest drop in the producer price index was fuel. Uh-huh. Okay. So now that they're getting that figured out, then the Federal Reserve is probably only going to bump rates one more time and that'll be next month. Okay. Uh-oh. So the numbers look good. The numbers feel good. You know, um, I, I things are looking good. And it's getting a lot of the volatility out of the market, these numbers. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I can always sell stability. It's very hard to sell volatility. I mean, there's at a point where, you know, I would quote somebody a higher rate just because the next day it could have been that much higher. Now it's kind of leveled out, which is a huge welcome to our industry, the mortgage industry, especially when you're dealing with rates and volatility and people trying to qualify and, what, what, you know, what do I do here? Or the old, are you bait and switching me because, you know, three weeks ago you told me the rate was six and a quarter and now it's six and three quarter. So a lot of that seems to be dissipating, okay? And that's going to help us out and that's going to also help my belief to get more people to put their house on the market. Okay. Yeah, I still think we got a ways to go, man. Oh I mean, no, no, we we yeah. by all we means we got. You long said the last way. thing, like getting people to home the market. Ah, what is that number we've been trying to figure out? What's that place where sellers aren't going to feel like, holy cow, this is just craziness for me to give up? And and that was the thing oh, I had what? a number about was how many percentages of people that had a mortgage. I think it was like seventy three percent of all people have a mortgage under four percent. And that's three quarters of all the mortgages. So I still say closer to five, but you're right. We're hovering around six, low sixes for the most part. And I think what I'm learning from all the buyers I'm working with and everybody, that people are starting to get used to it. They're starting to realize like, hey, if um, it feels like the first time in a long time that if rates, if they can get an FHA or get under five into the 5% range of, of a mortgage, like, wow, we're doing okay. Now it's doing better, you know, because we were as high as seven and a quarter. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think that the stability yep. is what people, you know, pandemonium never works in anybody's favor, okay? Volatility never works in anybody's favor. So, so, and I've always asked, you know, give me a rate, make it stable. People will buy into that rate 
once they know that it's stable and that's where it's going. But if there's a tremendous amount of flexibility. So if rates are coming down, if rates are coming down, people are going to say, well, why would I buy something today that I know is going to be on sale tomorrow? Right, right. So things are looking good. Things yeah, are, I'm feeling good about it. Um, feeling good about it. Definitely good. All righty. Um, one of the other factor things, Terry, as far as appreciation, people know state of the market and all that, and I printed this up this morning. It's on my um, uh, Facebook channel thing as well. A really good video I found a guy explaining that, hey, we're not going into a market crash. It's not, not going to be like that at all. Um, and, and, of course, there's a lot of buyers, Terry, that are still thinking that surely values have to come down. The affordability, we keep hearing about it. We keep hearing the news and this and everything else. So it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got to remember we're 2 million plus homes short in the United States behind the, the supply demand factor and all that. So I just want to take a minute. This is like really cool. I found um, it has all the neat numbers we have, Terry, going back to 1942. How much have home prices appreciated and gone up in the United States as an average? And of course, this is not local. This is the whole United States bumped into one. But it gives you a nice feel for some things. So we're going to take just a minute or two. I want to get your thoughts on it. 1942 was the first time they tracked the numbers in the World War. 3%. 1943 was 11, then 17, and 21 by the 1945. 1946, 24%, 21, and 1947. 1947. 1947. Holy cow. So the end of the war. Yeah. Everybody came home. Yeah. Everybody got a house. Yeah. VA, the GI Bill, they used to call it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge. So there's the fuel that did all that, but to see the demand and then prices just went crazy. But what the heck happened? I'm like, 1948, it went from 21% appreciation home value, which, by the way, that's the highest. When I think I look at the whole chart since then, I'm like, wow, the great time to buy a house was in 1942, and the time to sell was 1948. Um, 1948 was 2%. 1949 was 0%, flat across the board. So what do you think was going on in 1948 and 49 besides Elvis come on the scene? I think what you were looking at is probably um, uh, uh, the effects of everybody coming home and buying and, and the economy. I think things slowed down, and I think that the appreciation – uh, was caught up by you know, with the the demand was lowered. Yeah, big time. So the nineteen the whole nineteen fifties was like one percent, three percent. We only had a four and a twelve. That was nineteen fifty three. It was interesting. And then the nineteen sixties, one percent, sixty one was one. Nineteen sixty two flat. Nineteen sixty three is two percent. So all through the sixties, it was like one and two percent growth in real estate prices. Which was really interesting until 1969, it got up to 7%. It was like it broke out from the 1950s and 60s. 1969 was like 7%. Whoa. Okay. What was 1955? 1955 was flat. It was zero. Zero. 1955 is when my parents bought a house in um, uh, Illinois, outside of Chicago. And they sold it six months later. And then they bought their house in South Bend. Mm-hmm. In South Bend, uh, they bought it in 55. And then uh, they actually sold it at a loss <laughs> yep. in 1965. There you go. In 1965, they sold it at a loss. But part of that was South Bend yeah. was going through you know, a lot of uh, More manufacturers. 
Yeah, and those numbers could be We're lower than down. these or so. But I think this is cool. That's a neat story to see the trend of that and what happened. My year, 1971, Terry, at least I wasn't zero, one, two, three. I was 4%. Prices went up 4% the year I was born. 1972, what year were you born again, Terry? 1962. Okay, 62. 62. So yours was zero. So you're, you were just flat, just came out flat. It's okay. No problems. Nothing negative, nothing bad. Not, not great demand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the 70s, though, was very interesting because the rates went up and all that. And then um, we had 10% in 1974, 1977, 15%, 16, 17, and the 1979, 14%. So, ooh, this is when the interest rates, I mean, we had some, like, volatile interest rates then. So the 70s was an interesting time. The 1980s, in my opinion, is, like, one of the greatest growths of, like, real estate. I've always said it was real estate values, but when I look at this, 1980 – was 7%, 5%, uh, 1985 was like, 1986 was 10%, 1987 was 7 The time we hit negative. So here's what everybody's going to want to know. Darren, you're it's positive, 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 positive. When are the times in real estate that it was a negative number? The craziest thing is it wasn't until 1990, graduated high school, negative 1%. That was when the Gulf War was in 1991. That was a recession year. Recession years. So negative 1 and 0% was 1990 and 91 for home values. So, 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 so 1990. Yep. I remember it well. Midterm election. Yep. That we just went through. Mm-hmm. And basically rates were probably going up at that point. They were around 10, right? 9 or 10? In 1990, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were probably, yes. About nine and a half, okay. In 91, we had a refinance boom, 91 and 92, because going into the presidential election. But I remember that recession. It was, yeah. a, it was It was a zinger. It was a zinger, all right. That was when we were in the construction housing industry, my parents, and definitely we saw... And that's when the banks were being taken over. Oh, yeah, the savings and loans, all that, that crazy stuff. That was the savings stuff. and loan crisis Whoa! was... That was fun stuff. You had was to Google negative it. one. For anybody born after 1990, you might want to Google savings and loan crisis and all that. You'll have a good time learning about economics, U.S. history 101. All right. The 1990s, 2%, 2%, 4, 6, um, 8, 9. So until the year 2000, we got the 9% then, and things were going up. 2002, 3, and 4, we're all double digits. 10, 10, 14, 14. And then 2006, 2%. And then here's our favorite, Terry. 2007. This is it. Hasn't happened since 1942. 2006, 2%. And then 2007, negative 5. 2008, negative 12. We've never dreamed of losing a negative 4 in 2009. 2010 was negative 4. 2011. So if you add up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 straight years of negative values, values going down, if you add them all up, that's like 35, 40% across the whole United States. And, and, and what's deceiving about that number, uh, in my opinion, because I'd lived through it and you lived through it, is the financial crisis, the financial crash, not only financial but real estate crashes. What's deceiving is there are some areas that did not suffer during those times, like D.C., yep. you know, but then there's places like Frederick. Hagerstown, Cumberland, you know, mm-hmm. the outlying areas away from the big cities where where those numbers where people lost was, you know, upwards of 50% in some cases. Yes, Cumberland. You know, so so that's where it's a little deceiving because the closer to the cities, the stronger cities, Washington, D.C. was one because, you know, for years we used to say, 
hey, we're recession-proof. We're D.C. Yes. We've got the federal government here. And boom, was that a kick in the teeth in 2006 <laughs> and 2007, 2008? Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, nobody saw it coming, and nobody believed it could happen. But but so those numbers are a lot worse for the outlying areas. That, that, that um, It was just a horrible yeah. time. 2012, Terry, we climbed out of the hole 6%. What a rebound from a negative 4 to now 6. That's a 10% net change. 2013, 11%. And here's what's funny. As I look back, it didn't feel like that, though. It felt like we were, like, struggling to get any traction. And in 2014, it seemed like it. That was 5%, 5%. 2017 was 6 2018 was 5 2019 was only 4%. Here's where it got fun again was 2020 COVID. Double digits again, 10%. And then 2021, 19%. And then last year came in at about six, but our area was closer to nine or 10. So if I take national numbers and then I take our local numbers, we've always pretty much, like you said, we've always been a little bit above the national average for home appreciation. So if somebody out there is listening, they say, man, I'm waiting for a crash. I'm waiting for values to go down and I'm going to get a good deal. No, you're not. You're not going to like it because this, I, I just, I don't even know when we're going to see the next negative value change um, because it's not going to be this year. My prediction is we're going to come in at about 5 to 6% appreciation this year. So we got about five, six minutes on the program. Terry, you want to talk about that? And I'm going to bring up some cool subjects. Yeah, I, I think these numbers point to one thing is that is that it's not a bad thing if we go into a recession, like the recession that we, you know, the, the areas where it was negative was basically the real estate and the financial crisis of 2007, 2008, 1990, that was a bad recession. <laughs> and so what we're taking a look at is that was another negative time. But other than that, you're going to at least break even, right? Yep. That's the feel is you're going to at least break even. So it's never a bad time to buy a house. Right. There's just bad times to sell a house. There you go. That's good. That's my take on these numbers. So whenever I hear people saying, I bought a house, and my grandparents, they bought a house in Silver Spring in 1960 for $45,000, and now I'm selling for $600,000. These numbers <laughs> is why that's happened. It makes a little bit more sense. So there you go. All right, let's move on here, Terry. Couple thoughts. I'm going to get on this land and lots. I've talked a lot about lots and land for sale and all that. And you got to pay attention to the big thing, of course. Still, is your perk approves. If it's perk approved for a three bedroom, four bedroom, do you have it approved or not? A well on it and the whole nine yards and septic. And we've talked a little bit, guys. Everybody should know this by now. I'm hoping you learn it. That the rules of the game have changed. If you haven't had it perked since 2019, it doesn't give you a guarantee that the county is going to reapprove it to build what you want on it with how many bedrooms and sizes and all that. So that is a really big thing that's going on. But there's something else that I dealt with in the last two months now, three months, that's not been fun to deal with. And it's one of those you shake your head and you're like, help. Help! I'm call. I have had real estate attorneys. I've had your advice. Every- everybody's advice. I mean, everybody can imagine. Um, there's a lot. 23 acres in Jefferson. A family from New Jersey called me to look into it and sell it and all that and everything like that. And it's been in their family for many, many years. And there used to be a house, like a little house thing. And and so this thing and built into the ownership, the deed, the variances, and there's called an easement and right away because. There's farm and two or three other properties around it between, you know, 180 and on. 
and on 15 and everything, and so or 340 and 180. And so all of a sudden, during the mix, they have it, and now it's in a trust, and the family owns it. Well, the person that's part of it that grew up there is a little girl that used to walk down the lane in the driveway to go to the bus stop in the 1960s. You know, they're thinking, no problem, let's sell this 23 acres of land. Everybody's getting older. Let's just do this, right? Come to find out it's landlocked. There is no ingress, egress. There's no, it got. But you said there were easements and They the had all that in place. All that. And when there was a death and it expired out from the year and whatever year it was we looked into, that no longer was actually in place. And so I had a real estate attorney and others look into it in the county and everything and come to find out. It's like, oh, boy, what can now be done? And so the the thing about this, Terry, is it winds up being this. And so if anybody owns land and everything, I want to encourage you guys. Make sure if it's in a trust or whatever you hold it in or whatever the deed is and everything, you want to make sure. And me, me personally, I'd be nutty enough. I'd want to get it like resurveyed. I don't want to. I would want to make sure everything's updated, everything's established on the yards. Because here's what the problem is: the neighboring properties and things of this parcel of land. You know, the only way is if they the owners they have an option. They could pay the owner the the, the surrounding. There's two ways in and out that potentially could work. And they would have to give money or so or something, or they don't have to, where the neighbors would agree and they would write in with a new duty description. They would give a right away that's granted now, okay? Well, in this case, they're not wanting to do that. Okay. So that's a problem. So they don't want to give an easement that was there at one time to to reestablish it. it. So you have 23 acres that you cannot get to unless it's a helicopter. That's exactly, that's a good way to put it. So here, if I put a real estate sign out there to sell the property. And the neighbors don't want to help out. They don't want to help out. And the neighbors, if I put a for sale sign somewhere near there or wherever, and then you got people, they're going to be walking across people's property, private property, to go see this parcel of land. And now you got trespassing issues, Your Honor. So it's like, oh no. So my recommendation (laughs) is change the name of the family trust to the soprano family <laughs> trust and see if that would sway them to that might cause a ruckus <laughs> <laughs> you never know what can that happen in real awful. estate everybody that is awful or they can sell it to the neighbors and this is the one thing the other big thing is it's just good old hunting ground or the neighbors they could potentially buy it and just keep it the way it is or what have you but it's really a tough tough thing because you know, at the end of the day, um, yeah, there's not much we can do at this point. It's really difficult, you know. So it just leaves me to tell everybody out there, if you own land, make sure you really want to double check and see what you can do with it based on your perks, based on the deed, variances, right-of-ways, this, that, you name it. And make sure nothing's changed because a lot of things do change, guys. All right, so we're almost done here. Um, listen up. Um, next week, Terry, we're going to cover new home build. We want to talk about um, how to handle that because sometimes there's grants and things that the others can't give and you can. So, hey, have a great weekend. Happy buying and selling. Take care on your Frederick Real Estate Update. We're always here for you. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. 
So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244, or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.